I got it. So are, are you guys gonna mute when I talk so, so nothing interrupts it? Uh, yes. Because once I'm in the floor, once I'm in the floor, I like to stay in the flow. Having some type of support is very necessary when you're creative. You know, there has to be something uh, that's fueling that creativity, that's fueling that fire that you have inside. My love for music and creativity starts way back, way back. Back in the South Bronx where I grew up, building 700, apartment 2E. I would go outside and all I would hear is music. You go around to the back park, the DJs are playing, it's a basketball game going on, but then you would look at the handball court and that handball court would have a amazing graffiti mural. I don't know if it's from Keith Haring or Fab Five Freddy. I was instantly attracted to the creative. Music has been my therapy uh, since day one. Anytime I'm, I get stressed out, I go to the arts, I go to creativity, I go to music. Music make people feel hugged, people feel loved. And then I remember one of my uncles saying, you should get into producing. I'm like, what's producing? You know, it started as a family-owned business because Rough Riders was created by my family. It gave you DMX, it gave you Eve, it gave you Drag On, it gave you the locks. I've gotten every accolade in music that one can get. It just came to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm no longer gonna have fun with this unless I'm able to give back. You know, the Dean Collection started for me to create a museum for my family and our name. Something that my kids would have to be responsible to pass through generations. I said, wait a minute, the Dean Collection is not just for the Dean Collection. The Dean Collection is for everyone. There's some galleries now, places you walk in, if you don't have 50,000, there's nothing to talk about. And I felt that a lot of people was using that as an excuse to exit art. They feel that art is only for rich people. Whoa, we gotta stop this, we gotta fix this. And that's what made me and my wife say, you know, we have to create an entry point to the younger generation that didn't understand the art world, didn't have that seat at the table. And then we started, no commissions. It's a big event. You got 30 something thousand RSVPs a night. The drinks are free, the food is free, the concert's free, the education is free. And I feel that education should be free. We went to Shanghai, we went to London, we went to Berlin. We did it right in my, my backyard in the South Bronx. You can come into no commissions and get something for a couple of bucks or a couple of hundred thousand. There, there's a tear for every person that have love for art. And what we're doing is something totally different from a gallery. The artists keep 100% of the sales. But what about after no commissions? How can you sustain, how can you move forward without having to be trapped to sell your soul. I was a part of the sale with my brother, Sean Diddy Combs, the $21 million purchase, which made Kerry James Marshall the highest selling African-American living artist to today. I'm like, man, like you just broke the record. And the artist was like, yeah, I don't know whether to be happy or to be sad. He first sold that work, it was under 100,000. So imagine a work that you made for under 100,000 is now being sold for 21 million and you have to sit home and watch this and you couldn't even participate 5%. When you look at it, I'm a producer, I'm a songwriter. Every time it's played on the radio, I get paid. Every time it's played in a movie, I get paid. Every time it plays, period, I get paid. Visual artists, they only get paid once? How? When 
Paintings are sold and traded multiple times, and that's that artist's lifetime work that other people are making 10, 15, sometimes 100 times more than the artist that created it. So I created something called the Dean's Choice where if you're a seller or a collector and you're bringing your work into, let's say, Sotheby's, there's a paper that's there that say, hey guys, you know, this artist is still living. You've made 300% on your investment by working with this artist. You can choose to give the artist whatever you wanted to sell. I think that even if five people did it, it'll start to change everything in, in the arts. And this is happening in Europe already. It happens in the music industry. It's called publishing. And artists are able to survive, musicians are able to survive years after years off of the residual income of their publishing. So how can we take something that brings creatives together and celebrate each other? Myself and Timberland have been working on this idea called Versus for about three years now. Then this trying time came and everybody started going to social media to express themselves. So what we did was I played my top songs, he played his top songs, and we went on Instagram Live. <laughs> you having fun? This is so good for the culture, let's go. A lot of people like to say battle. We pulled back off of that word battle because we're battling enough in the world today. We call it an educational celebration. I think we're on our ninth or 10th one. Um, me and Timberland started out with 20,000 people. As of uh, yesterday, 750,000 people in one uh, room. So we have this thing called the versus effect. And the versus effect is what happened to the artist after they contribute to verses. We can go to the Babyface and Teddy Riley. They both went up millions of views. Both of their songs re-entered the charts. And then we look at the First Lady's verses and both Erica Badu and Jill Scott have seven positions in the top 20 charts. This is the verses effect. You know, billions and billions and billions of impressions this is something I've never seen before. And I felt that these artists are getting their flowers today, which is a great thing, why they can smell them. This is personal for me because many a times I've been counted out. I've been hot and cold a hundred times. You still have to understand the business as an artist to elevate to your level that you deserve to be. Because most creative, we're, we're very emotional. We're very, um, let somebody else handle that. I want to stick to this. But not only creativity is key, education is key, which is the reason why I went back to school to sharpen my pencil uh, in my mid-30s. We have to know our business, but it's going to take us digging in a little deeper and pulling out the knowledge that we need to prepare ourselves for this world that's waiting to take advantage of the creatives. Then we can make better choices. Then we can end that conversation of artists dying poor if we're not protecting the arts, we're not protecting our future, we're not protecting this world, creativity heals us. What is these shades closing for? Time out. I kind of like that. That was cool. <laughs>